Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. This week's episode is with Mike Koziel, and I was so happy to do this episode because I had met Mike a little while ago and I've always loved and admired his work, but I've never really talked to him about where that all came from and all of his roots and how he got to where he's at now. So that's exactly what we did in this podcast. If you aren't familiar with him, he's a director of photography, a cinematographer, a co-owner of Last Good Film Lab and Era Studios. He's just doing so many sick creative projects and we talk about all of that in this podcast but he's also very humble in the fact that this is not his story of how he made it he's still very much in the center of his career always trying to push forward and evolve but it was really fun to just take a second and talk about exactly where he's at now and what he is inspired by and what he's trying to accomplish next i left this podcast extremely inspired to just make shit and that's what i want to do and spread with this so i hope you feel the same way let's get into it where are all my friends mike Koziel. i'm fucking stoked dude <laughs> i uh we've known each other for a minute Two but years, it's, yeah. it's always been like the like internet friends at car meets seeing each other in mm -hmm. passing at events and i've always seen your stuff and respected the hell out of it but in all Appreciate honesty it. there's a lot that i don't know on your story i guess at Garage Welt, we talked a bit, and I had a little we bit did. more of an understanding of like, okay, okay, I we see did. you. That was that was a good chunk of time we spent talking yeah. compared to like previous events. Yeah. yeah. But I'm always fascinated, like something that we were saying right before hitting record, and that really says it all, is like, we're at a spot in our lives where by no means we have like made it, or it's like, this is my come up, and this is how I got here. Like, there's still so much it, happening. There's so much needs oh, to course. happen and evolve yeah. but it's kind of special to talk about like right now and at yeah. least look at the moments of like cool here we are in this very moment mm -hmm. what led up to that yeah and that's kind of like my thing with this podcast and then hopefully by the end of it too like i always think that sharing experiences like that can inspire the next generation of people that relate to your story and i think there's something really special to that so thank you for taking the time to do it oh of course dude of course thanks for having me fuck yeah been talking about this for a while so it feels we good have. to finally be here we have and shout out <laughs> to my editor diana um she too is stoked on this episode oh, shout out diana yeah she's she's big in the photo video world and Sick. it's cool that's like always a good sign to me is like when a guest has the like that kind of just like nod from the other creators and i've seen that with you so that's cool that. yeah um so anybody for anybody that doesn't know who you are quickly explain who you are and what you do oh man um well my name is mike and i'm just a guy trying to figure it all out <laughs> in Fuck. this ever-changing world too real um i'd say my main passion is video and filmmaking so that's where most of my eggs are it's the biggest basket I also own a film lab with two friends called Last Good Film Lab. That's my other large basket. Yep. And then my friend Jack and I own a studio in downtown. And that's the third basket. And that's kind of the bulk of what I do. So I'm really, I like the way that you said all of that because I feel like something that I respect about you is all too often when you're in that creative lane, there's always the conversations of like, what if we made our own studio? <laughs> what if we did this, right? There's always those what ifs. Yeah. And it's it's pretty rare that people actually go and do the things. And you kind of went and did the things. Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with um, COVID. And really? just like, yeah, I think COVID put a lot into perspective and like 
in a not grim way made us realize like how important it is to kind of just do things because we talk about things a lot like Mm -hmm. oh i wish i could do this i wish i could do that and like you could just do it you know what i mean like obviously there's so many different variables like financial and like time and everyone has their own responsibilities that they need to prioritize but i think covid once it sort of i mean it's still happening but once it got way more chill yeah we were like let's do these things we're always talking about and like actually do it yeah that was like a big step in like the direction of like having the lab actually become a thing and the studio and all of that so the lab wasn't a thing before covid the lab was a covid um project what the fuck (laughs) i didn't realize that at all yeah so short backstory vixen one of my business partners yeah had a lab he was running it out of his kitchen Holy shit. Um, he was doing it for people who knew. It was like word of mouth type situation. And then James, our other business partner, who's mm-hmm. also an amazing director, mm-hmm. um, approached Vix and was like, hey man, like, why are you doing this in your kitchen? Like, mm-hmm. you should, this is like worthy of being its own business. So then they brought me in and the three of us got a retail location and turned it into a real brick and mortar and it kind of just blew up and it went from being an idea to reality. And here we are. Dude. And it's so cool because I've like seen it in LA and I've seen like something that gets me is watching just random people walk in there, right? Like I'll get a role developed and there's people coming in and out. No, we're we're incredibly grateful for what it's become. And it, it couldn't have happened without the amount of time we had because of COVID. Cause like a lot of, um, jobs that like we like me and james did a lot of like hip-hop videos and a lot of the rappers who were paying out of pocket didn't care about covid so there was like no safety restrictions or anything they were just like if you guys are willing to pull up pull up so like a lot of like actual jobs weren't happening so we had a lot of time on our hands so like we were able to dedicate like 16 hours a day for like two months just inside the lab building it you know holy shit if like real life had never stopped and we were all like grinding on our own you know passions then we wouldn't have had time for the lab but that had to have been terrifying to invest that because yeah sure investing time is one thing when you have a ton of it but to open a brick and mortar business oh yeah it's still terrifying but (laughs) in the time of uncertainty of covid to dump money into a thing had to have been terrifying as well it never felt terrifying in the moment. Really? I think just because we were all so passionate about it. You know, oh. if it was like a restaurant, like I, I love food, but I know nothing about restaurants or mm-hmm. like food in the sense of like creating it. You know what I mean? So like that would terrify me. Right. But like all three of us are like passionate about film, passionate about photography and filmmaking and all that, that like we knew way more now that we've had it open for so long. But in the moment we knew enough to like have enough confidence in it. Yeah. Regardless of like where the pandemic was going. You were your own target demographic. So you could basically just say, what do we wish existed? That is exactly what we would talk to each other about. Like, I go to this lab, this, you know, James goes to this lab. Like, what do we wish they did for us? And we were like, let's just apply all of that into our lab. What were some of those things? Um, Like... The lab I went to, you would go in and they would just have like prom photos and like wedding photos and the staff were like much older than me and they didn't really understand like my intentions or like when you would like maybe mess with film in a creative way and you were like, yeah, I'm trying to see if I can like achieve this look. They would be like, that's not what it's meant to do. Why would you try that? 
Uh, and it's like, well, because I can try it. No, like very much the people holding on to the idea of film from the past, not yeah. embracing how fun it is to fuck with now and the current. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there, there was a lot of like old head energy, like feeling a way about somebody because of their age or because of like where they are in their career. And like, you could feel the bias sometimes. And like, I was like, we, we were like, we want someone to walk in, feel like they're talking to a friend and like everyone's there is open-minded yeah. and like that was just really important to us yeah that's know? true because i walk in there and everyone there is like young and shooting film and you'll have art on the wall or you'll have photos on the wall of people that have taken like it's it's all yeah. relevant to our like all of our employees actually shoot film yeah and, like, actually go out and like do it for fun or for work mm -hmm. and like rely on like we all use the same equipment that our customers use to do our own film so like right we're that confident in everything yeah you know what did that like? Did you have to case study like, 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 uh, business retail, like square foot? Like, how do you, how does that fucking look to take an idea and then be like, cool, we need to start an LLC, insurance? Like, did you study that? Did any one of y'all no, have previous none of us experience? No, anything that? about business. None of us know anything about legal shit or like what to do. You know, like, can we legally do this? Do we need to contact the city? Like, we don't even think about that. Thankfully, um, our friend Joey, who was, um, who still is a producer who does commercials and music videos, like as a producer, he handles all the paperwork. So he offered to be our business manager. Wow. So like he set up the LLC, he set up the bank accounts, he set up the payroll and then like taught Vix how to like do the payroll. So like, those are all things that got figured out when we realized we needed them. You know? Holy shit. So this wasn't like a thing of like, okay, we can do this because we've done this yeah. before and we've figured that no, part no. out. Like, we'd be like in the middle of building the machines and we'd get a letter in the mail that's like, hey, we're the state of California and we noticed that like you are a business. Like, do you have this set up? And we were like, nope, we'll set that up and like just set it up. So it's like. God, that's so fucking encouraging. It just kind of things happened when they were meant to happen and it's worked out so far. Because I, I think, I can, I guess I can only speak for myself, but I would imagine that other people feel this way as well. Like, I think there are certain times where I won't take on an endeavor because I dread the red tape and the that bullshit. And I'm like, God, that's going to be so complicated and there's going to be so much yeah, shit. With, without Joey, it wouldn't be possible. Wow. Because none of us know where to even start with any of that. I still don't. Mm -hmm. You know, like I learned a lot of the surface level stuff, but when yeah. it comes down to like digging deep and like actually going to the bank and talking to somebody about like your business and like intentions as a business and like payouts and all of these things, like mm -hmm. I still know nothing about that. But mm -hmm. like, I do know how to like, take the machine apart and like fix a jam or like figure out why this chemical isn't working right. So like everybody through the process has kind of like put on their own hats. Sick. And like, that's why this wouldn't have been possible as like a single person thing. That's why there has to be four of us. Fuck, that's you know? cool. I just, I also really appreciate you sharing that so honestly and not fronting like, yeah, like I'm fucking mogul businessman. I can oh, figure nah, it out. Cause nah. like, we're still stressing. Like, we're always stressing, like, because we're never satisfied. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we're stressing because, like, we're doing anything wrong or like illegally or anything. It's just like things are going great, but they can be better. Why are they not better? How do we make it better? I don't have to stress about the paperwork because somebody else is. Mm -hmm. working on it so i can figure out like how do we make this more efficient or like yeah you know what i mean like yeah everyone can kind of dedicate to their own thing to make it as best as it can be
Yeah. That's really cool. I just find that very encouraging. Like I hope people hearing that are that little bit more inspired to just be like, fuck it. Maybe like we will just go do this thing, right? Yeah. I mean, if you fail, you fail. Like life is a marathon, not a race. You know, you don't have to achieve everything the first time you try it. Like you will fuck up. Shit'll suck sometimes. But like I noticed like the people who don't try and don't fail kind of when they do eventually fail, it hits a lot harder. Yeah. So it's better to fail and like build that armor so that you can handle it. And then when you eventually don't fail and you hit the nail on the head, then like it it was worth it. You know what I mean? Fuck, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like that, as much as they're in that can kind of feel like the cliches, like that's so fucking real. Like it's real and you're saying that from experience. Yeah. And like when you do fail, people will be like, oh, it's all over. Like that's it. Like it's a wrap. You know, like sometimes I'll shoot a video and I'm like, you know what, like that isn't as good as I thought it would be. And then you'll sulk and be like, man, like I like that's it. It's over. But it's like it's a marathon, not a race. Like figure out what lessons you learned from that and try not to do that again. And the next one will be better. Having that mentality that has to have come from a spot of not being afraid to fail and trying a bunch of shit and probably having past failures. So like, yeah, for sure. Did you have... Did you always know that it would be like director vibes? Like when did you get to that spot? Like what do you mean by director well, vibes? <laughs> when did you when did you have an idea of what your career would be? Like I still don't know, man. <laughs> Cuz like before the pandemic, I was just strictly a DP and like strictly wanted to do filmmaking and I still do. That's still the end goal. Like shoot films that I'm I connect to and and do car commercials like cars are still one of my biggest passions so like car commercials are the end goal yeah like i don't want to be 65 years old doing like rappers for like you know little laundries like rap videos or anything like you know what i mean i want to be doing like big car commercials that's interesting to me though because i feel like people that are in automotive could be like man i dream of doing music and like music videos one day like yeah i mean each one kind of fulfills a different creative like yearning it's nice to have like different projects happening all the time because you don't kind of get pigeonholed and yeah. like a, a amazing thing i'm sure with photography it's the same thing like every day you walk on set it's something different like you're not walking yeah. into the same office every day you're not like dealing with the same thing every day yeah you kind of are but like on a micro level you're not right you know right completely um so what was the beginning for you like like what if we go back to you like in the early teens like i think we've talked about this and we're the same of like cars were pretty early Cars were super early. My my aunt owned a car dealership that my mom worked at. And my best friend in my neighborhood, his dad had like a BMW racing team. Yeah. So cars were always Damn. there everywhere. Sick. Like when we saw Tokyo Drift, we would ride around on our BMX bikes, like smashing the brakes, drifting turns and shit. You know, like yes. it's always been like the thing that like gets the adrenaline pump in the most, like mm-hmm. driving fast in a car. But I'd say BMX is what got me into filmmaking. Really? Because in the tri-state area, in like the early to mid 2000s like bmx was pretty big yeah our crew of friends had nobody documenting us like no one taking photos or there were no camera phones back then i I sound like so old but like i mean no there was no facebook there was no nothing but like you would i know like skaters had like ccs magazine where you can order like boards and shit yep bmx had something called dance comp and dance comp had like a section in the back where you could buy like dvds or like yeah you know whatever BMX DVDs were like what we would watch all day, every day, like to get hyped. And like, we had nobody in our crew to like make our own videos. And I was the worst out of everyone. 
at BMX. I was like, I'll be the one to, you know, take the photos and do the videos and stuff. And I got like hooked on it. Really? Yeah. Like we'd go home. I'd had like Sony Vegas. We would like plug the DV in, capture it, like spent all night just ingesting the footage and like making our own edits. And that's like where it all started. And you know what I fuck with on that too is like it's before you were looking for like likes or cloud or anything like that. That's passion, right? Like making videos and filming back then. It wasn't like, oh, this will get me famous on X platform or whatever. No, you need to like flush all that away if you want to like make your best work. Because I think one thing I've noticed is like kind of like a segue. But one thing I've noticed is like the people I look up to doing the best work, like they'll work less. Mm. But whenever they do agree to a project, they like literally like dedicate everything to it until it's finished, you know? Like if it's like a car commercial and they like won the job to direct it, like that becomes their tunnel vision until it's complete they like eat sleep drink like that project yeah and like it can really mess you up if like things don't go the way they plan and you like dedicate your everything to something that isn't working out but when it does work out like i see the level of dedication it takes and that's something i'm trying to like apply this year where it's like when i do say yes to something i need to like really say yes to it and like really give it my all and not just like be there like 60% or even like 80%. That feeling of yes and like being present and like just going all in on that. Yeah, you have to be present. Do you find, and like this is like, again, like this isn't even just a direct question, like perhaps more of a discussion, but like having so many things going on, I find that to be the simplest concept, but one of the hardest things to actually accomplish is just always being present and giving something the full focus. It's hard. There's so much going on at all times. It's hard. And then you run into that? Dude, actually like really bad lately really? because um, I like earlier I like spoke about what I do in terms of like eggs in a basket and like yeah. when your eggs are all in one basket, that's all you really need to focus on so you can give it your all all the time. If I don't focus on the lab for a little while and focus solely on this, then suddenly the lab might start to slip and I have to like shift my focus into that. Yes. And like, it's definitely draining to like be constantly going back and forth. But like, I'm passionate about all these things. So I'm grateful for it. Yes. To do your best work, you have to figure out how to like take all your eggs out of that basket for a little while and trust that like you can put some in after this is completed. Yeah. You know, I, I struggle with that on a level as well because like I'm so passionate about the podcast. I still have this label that I run with my best friends. Mm-hmm. And then I have all this stuff that I do with race service and all of them are their own things. And then like, it's that, it's that feeling. Yeah, you have to like figure out when, what gets your priority. Yes. You know, I think the best thing that I've found is just finding like incredibly good people mm-hmm. and like building shit with people Yeah, because then you at least know, like you have a team and you're not just alone in it. Oh, dude, like speaking like, um, I don't know, like graphic design, I can't speak on and like even photography, I can't speak on fully, but like filmmaking is like a collaborative team effort. Like you cannot make your best work by yourself. Yeah. And like, if you're somebody like, um, like Gibson Hazard or one of these guys who's like an incredible one man band, you're very unique, um, like workflow and unique style. Like that's a, that's a situation where like what I'm saying doesn't apply to, but like on, these big car commercials or music videos, like you cannot make your best work by yourself. Yeah. You know? And like when you're on set, like you should not be focusing on 10 things at once. You should be focusing on one thing. Yeah. And then find somebody you know that can, it's like, that's why there's like a sound guy. That's why there's a a lighting director. That's why there's a film, like the, the cinematographer, like cinematographers shouldn't be worrying about sound. Right. 
the sound guy should be worrying about sound. Right. So hire a sound guy. Yeah. Like, but it's just spread the spread the workload. It's it's just wildly interesting because that's so real. But then there's the reality of like in the early days, or there's certain times where it's just like that's not possible always, right? Yeah, for sure. It's not possible, but like, you know, if you own like a sound kit, just ask one of your friends to come and be the one to hold it. Like you yeah. shouldn't hold it and be doing this other thing. If yeah. you have to, then you know, find a way to do it and obviously you'll you'll gain skills and grow from that as well. Mm. But the sooner you can learn to get other people involved and kind of like spread the work and like focus on the most important things yourself, like if it's your own project, yeah, and then get people to help you out with the smaller things, yeah, you will you will make better work and better art because you're, you're so not right. so overloaded on like everything. You're so right. There's and, so much. And it's like, I think it's one of those things where it's the simplest thing, but like being reminded of that, like I can personally never be reminded of that enough. Like I need that so much. But so, okay. Question though, going back a little bit. So you get really good BMX filming your friends, putting that together, just becoming genuinely passionate in it. How did that then evolve into it becoming your career? Like at that point, were you like, maybe I could do this or, or maybe not even career because I don't want to pigeonhole you into that. But like, where did that, because now here you are running yeah. full teams and really doing it at a level. Yeah. So like the BMX thing started, I'd say like summer going into high school. And then in high school, I joined like the yearbook and I did photos for them. And then I joined like robotics and I did like video for them. So I like applied that new you know, hobby to these school clubs. Yeah. Cause like where I went to school, everybody was part of a club. And like, if you weren't in a club, you were like a degenerate, you know? Whoa. So I was like, what can I get involved in? So I, you know, all the clubs that I got involved in, like robotics, like you join it to like build a robot, but I wasn't hands on with the robot. I was like filming the kids build the robot. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I found a way to like apply my hobby to these other passions. And then that made me realize, like, I want to go to college for this. And both of my parents were, like, old school, like, you got to go to college, you got to get a degree, you got to build a resume, all the shit. So they didn't really, like, understand the whole film world. Like, they thought I would go into, like, computer programming or, like, architecture or, like, something like that. So they didn't push back a lot, but they also didn't, like, like, they always supported me. Yeah. But they weren't, like, you can't do that. But they yeah. also were like, are you sure you want to do that? Right. Like it was you know? like the, like just that, that level of like, yeah, we support you, but you're probably not going to get any ammo for like motivation from them because yeah. they just don't know. It. And even still like this, like I was on the phone with my dad before I came in here and he was like, are you working like tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, but I'm not working like Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. And he was like, huh? Like, is everything okay? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, like I freelance, like... <laughs> I yeah. work when, you know, like I don't work every day. Right. And he still can't like wrap his head around that. Yeah. But yeah. It's like, I try not to like, I'm just like, oh, well, don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm not going to like sit there and try to explain how like freelance life works. You know? <laughs> right. But even still, it's like they don't get it. Right. But then like they see you like obviously succeeding or like you like get a cool car, you like do something. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like clearly I'm, I'm like you know how to LA. survive. Yeah. 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 That's why they're not like concerned, but they're just like scratching their head a little bit. Yeah. You know, that's so funny. Yeah. So, okay. So you get to that level where you're filming other people and you're starting mm -hmm. to see it. You go to college. Yeah. I went to film school. That was incredible. Um, don't think you still need to go to film school. That's like a whole nother yes. conversation. I have had that conversation many but a times. I went, met a lot of great people, um, still work a lot because of them. Yeah. A lot of the jobs I do are because of people I've met in film school. And then 
graduated, um, was living in Jersey, shooting for like a driving school. No shit. Like, doing really, but also doing like that was after H2O, and I made a H2O video that kind of got a good amount of traction. Did you? In 2014, I made one for Dapper, and that like that's still one of my favorite videos I've ever made. And that was zero budget, me with a Canon 5D with a 35 mil one lens on a Ronin. And it's still one of my favorite videos ever. And that like introduced me to bag riders, which introduced me to Rotiform, which introduced me to like this guy who had a really like popular car at the time. And like that opened up all the doors in the car world. Yeah. And that was all for free. That was no money. Like, yeah, did it because I was passionate about it. And yet again, like, were you, you were probably same thing that you had done every time, like where you had an interest and a hobby but then you just applied your skill exactly. to that, yeah. to be around that. And yeah. then for a listener who doesn't know cars as deep, like those are at that time, those brands and those people, I think we're really pushing the culture forward. And yeah, it's, it, it was a unique time because like now the whole world is so connected and you can kind of see everything that's happening everywhere at all times. Yeah. And like, I feel like the overall attention span is a bit smaller now. Yes. People are ingesting and then releasing like, um like information so quickly yeah and back then you had to like uh, there was no instagram yet there was instagram actually it was like just popping off yeah at but it was still more forums than it was it was instagram. forums and it was facebook groups there oh. was like third world society and like stance works and like yeah. canopy yeah and, like those were all forums websites right but like back then you got a video posted on like third world and you were like guaranteed 100k views because they had like a million and that was before Facebook would like not show things in chronological order. Right. So you could like sign on, see everything until you like recognize a post from the night before and you're all caught up. So like if you posted something and somebody is, that's how they do their thing, they were going to see it. So you, it was like, it was a really weird reminding bubble. that time, you know? like that was so nice. It was really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. And it like it didn't feel like anybody was doing anything for clout because there was no clout to give out yet. Yes. You know? Yeah. And like, if you were doing it, you were doing it because you were passionate about it. Yeah. And like before 2014, there were no gimbals. So like you had to like buy a slider or like yeah. make a jib. Remember like a the homemade, Home Depot ones? Like where people yep. would figure out the With counterweights the and, and the... the yeah, like you, you, if you were going to dedicate that much time to it, you only did it because you were passionate about it. Yeah. You weren't like, this Home Depot slider is going to get me a million followers. Like, <laughs> no one did it for that reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, I think that's why the people who stuck around did it because they actually like cared about it. It was also such a special time in automotive because, from what I remember, because I was like heavy into cars, like Honda scene 2008 mm -hmm. through 2010, 11. But then I started touring with bands and I kind of got a little bit further away from it, but it was always my inspiration because as I recall, I wonder if you have a similar memory of the time, but that's when dope cameras started becoming accessible. Like I got a T2i and I was able to record video in like decent 1080. And I, I like, sold my DVX for a T2i. Yeah. And a nifty 50. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that era. But I feel like that unlocked something so special in so many creators, right? It was like the first time where you could be like, this looks cinematic as fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. And because of that, everyone pushed and evolved off of each other. So making that Home Depot slider and those car photography and videography got really fucking good right around yeah. then. It used to be like Sony point and shoot. Like, here's a photo of my car. 
and then it got like artistic and that yeah. then that inspiration continued to push me for a long time yeah yeah. That felt really special. I don't know if me. you remember like Philip Bloom or any of those guys, but they referred to that period of time as the DSLR revolution. Because that's when everything went from like mini DV yeah. or like HVX, which used like P2 cards uh-huh. to DSLRs being able to shoot video. And yeah. like that turning point was what made so much more accessible to like, we were kids at the time. So yes. like kids, yeah. you know. Yeah, teens, like, early 20s. There was no you know, $6,000 red or like, it was like a DSLR or like an older mini DV camera. And that was, yeah. And everything else was just like, don't even bother. Yeah. And it was so cool because not only did you have that, you also had this time where you weren't looking for clout. It was just like, oh, let's make cool shit. Yeah. So you'd see somebody make something cool and then you'd be like, yo, I want to do that. But then they would share. They'd be like, okay, cool. Here's what you need to do. Go to Home Depot, get this, this, and this, set this up. Yeah, yeah. Or figuring out how to make on car There's still a lot of people or... on YouTube doing that. Like yeah. Doing, yeah. you know, tutorials to help people make better art. Like... That's true. I think we are in a nice time with YouTube as well. Oh, YouTube where... University. Dude. Actually, I had a friend texting me today who's on set right now and he's like, dude, the Ronin 2, I can't balance the tilt. And I was like, did you try this? Did you try this? Whatever. He didn't answer me for like an hour. And then he sends me a text and he's like, YouTube University. And he sent me a photo of the Ronin completely balanced. And it's like, all he had to do was Google it. It's fucking crazy. You know? I guess, yeah, that's, that actually, that, that re-inspires me there. Because for a minute, I felt like you could find everything on forums but it's just switched to YouTube University. I do miss the forums with certain cars. Like, let's say you're trying to build wheels, mm-hmm. like go to the forums because like people are sharing their specs and like uh. they're not gatekeeping. Like, I feel like the gatekeeping thing started when like Instagram and stuff started because people yeah. were trying to like harness the clout for themselves. Right. Yeah. But, Protecting like, on the, on the, the forums, likes or whatever the fuck. Yeah. On the forums, it's like I did all this work and I finally figured out the perfect wheel. Here are the specs. Like I did the work for all of us. Dude. Whereas that. there was a period of time where it's like, no one can know my paint code because I did all the research and only I can have this paint code. Yeah. Which like I slightly get it, you know, like if you want to be like the unique one at a car show, but like don't be a dick about it. Right. You know? Right. But I think it was also that you were respected by sharing information in the forms. Oh, for sure. Like if you were the one that had the best DIY write-up with the best photos and all that, mm-hmm. that was respect. People would yeah. come up to you and be like, dude, you made that. Thank you. Thank you for figuring that yeah. out. And it I like don't know. it this is like sort of related but unrelated. It reminds me like there was a period of time where like I would every single day get at least one or two DMs where someone's like, What camera should I buy? Oh, yeah. And I'm always like, whatever you can afford, dude. Like, it's not about the camera. It's still not about the camera, you know? Like, I definitely have my preferences for cameras, but, like, I'm not going to not shoot something if it's unavailable. I'll find another one. Right. You know? Like, it's it's a bad mindset to be in when you think, like, I can only make this with gear this good. Yeah. And it's like, nah, like, you can still make it. Totally. With a T2I. Yes. Especially <laughs> if you have the vision. Yeah. If you have the passion and like you know what you want, that's another thing too is like knowing, like having a plan. Yeah. And and like, granted like now that I'm doing bigger stuff, like if I want to achieve a specific shot, sometimes you do need specific gear for that. Mm-hmm. But then if you can't do it, then you have to find a new plan. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a weird like yes it does kind of matter what kind of gear you have but like if it's like what camera should i buy like anything is good right now yeah 
you know, you're not going to be the best just because you buy the best camera. So if you have no idea how to use it, then like, what are you doing? Dude, hundred you know? percent. Or you see the people that have limited resource, but have an abundance of creativity and you'll see them do something on an iPhone and you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. Like the it, iPhone's a crazy camera. It's nuts. You can do a whole edit with an iPhone. Yes. And it has a stabilizer built in and like. It's crazy. Doesn't get enough love. Yeah. You know? No, crazy. for real. Thad and I talk about that. Yeah, it's crazy. But that, yeah, that's yeah, it's funny. That's such an interesting time. So you you got that that one video went viral or viral ish. Your H two O video, yeah. twenty fourteen era ish. Mm -hmm. You've graduated school. Yeah, that was right when I graduated. I graduated, and then two months later was H two O. Oh my god! So then, what happens from there? I got a job doing a documentary for this like tech company, and the job had us flying all over the country shooting like EDM artists. Okay. And we had one um, artist in LA. I forget who it was, but my two best friends in college, Rob and Dimitri, they had moved to LA right when we graduated, and I was living at home doing like the driver school. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And um, we got tacos one night. And they were just like, you should move here, bro. Like, I think you would do pretty good here. And like, we all spent our, part of our school's program was you had to do a six month internship somewhere. And we all interned in LA together. So I'd already been here for six months. Um, my other friend from college, Etienne, he grew up with like a bunch of the Odd Future guys. Cool. So we did a music video for like Left Brain and Mike G and eventually one for Haji Beats. And like, those were pretty good for like where we were in our careers, like still in school, like borrowing gear, like all that shit. So I had like a little bit of a portfolio already. And they were like, you should move here. You'd, you'd probably enjoy it. So I like went home for a week and I was like, what am I doing here? So I just like drove to LA, crashed on their couch for like three weeks until they, until their lease ended. We all got a spot together. And then it was just like grind time, you know? going to like cars and coffees and being like, can I shoot a video of your car? And then for free shooting a video of the car and that car happened to be on AccuWare. And then AccuWare is like, can we repost this? And then I'm like, where are you guys based out of? And then it's like, oh, I'm also in California. And then I started working for AccuWare doing small videos for like a few hundred bucks. But like, no I was finally shame. getting paid to do car videos. And I was like, this is literally the dream. That's it. I yeah. was like getting hyped on like being a one-man band for like 300 bucks a video yeah you know yeah. and then that eventually led to rotiform and i did a lot of work with rotiform you know and what's then... interesting i think that that's a rite of passage i think that like some of some incredible creators have come from doing stuff with rotiform that's like a sidebar observation i have so much respect for rotiform like brian and jason those dudes are like unbelievably determined and passionate and like they they give a fuck about what they're doing, yep. and that's why the brand became yes. what it became because it, they care. And isn't that interesting? You know? Because they give a fuck, they find that young talent. Like I've seen a lot of incredible creators do stuff with that brand. Oh yeah, they don't yeah. gatekeep. They're not like, nah, we, we're not interested. They're like, yo, you you're pretty solid at what you do. You want to do some stuff for us? Like, yep. how's that sound? Yep. And then like they're super collaborative and. And then for that reason too, they use cool people that are passionate. Those people post their work and it spreads the brand mm -hmm. and it has this respect because of it. Yep. Anyway. And then that led to like working with Bowdoin Auto House and like yep. meeting so-and-so and eventually meeting the guys at Ray's Service. And yeah. like, it's a small world. The world's smaller than people think, you know, yeah. like this guy that you might be nice to actually knows this guy who's going to give you a job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's why when I go to like car meets and I meet someone and they have like this ego attitude, I'm like, that wasn't a good first impression, dude. Right. Like, I don't know who you think you are, but like, 
I'm just trying to be nice and network and like, yeah, who do you think you are? Exactly. Like, you can't be acting like that. No, it's everybody so, knows everybody. And I think that lesson applies to everything. Like, yes, you and I are big into cars and we meet a lot of friends through that. But like, if you're at a concert or if you're at an anything like that first ego, like for no oh, reason. Yeah. One of my friends in college, he would always say you only have one first impression. Even if you're having a bad day and I run into you and like you're in a bad mood, I'll, I'll like see you at another spot and say to my friend like oh that guy was like kind of mean to me last time yeah but then my friend might be like oh no 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 he's like a friend of mine he's actually a good guy and then like everything's good again you right. know what i mean but like it's important to like just always be nice because you never know who is gonna hit you up down the line and be like hey dude how you doing yeah you know that's so it always real. comes full circle but okay so everything you're saying there is a lot of automotive stuff but then you so casually mentioned the odd future thing and doing music videos for artists so were you having success in both lanes or were you having work in both lanes at that time or was it mostly auto? It, it gets kind of blurry in my memory at that point because, dude, honestly, I think it all goes back to Sebastian. I really? It's all because of Sebastian. Oh my God. Yeah. Also, shout out to Sebastian. Shout out to Sebastian, I, my fucking brother. Forty somewhere in the 40s on the podcast. He's, so much he's gonna be. He's going to be my best man at my wedding. I'm, I'm telling you now. That's like my boy. That's you heard like, it first. That's like my biff. <laughs> but holy shit i didn't realize he, that he ties into this yeah so he um went to school for graphic design uh-huh so he was really good at making decks yeah and, like making pitch proposals and shit okay and he was like yo dude i'm pitching um the rolling loud media team to hire me as a photographer do you want me to throw in a quick slide that like says you do video totally on some like hey bo like you want me to just throw this in for no i don't need anything in return you know just on some homie shit just on some homie shit just and, likes your work and he you put one friends. slide in there like oh by the way my friend liked this video and nasser who's the head of the rolling loud media team was like yo i actually like follow both of you on instagram and i love both of your work like that would be amazing so a few months later me and seb are at rolling loud in miami totally for free paid for our own flights you know like we just want to be there and that's where I met JMP, who's now my business partner at the lab, and who did like, who brought me on to so many music videos. And then through those videos with him, I met so and so who brought me on to those videos. And then it just like, holy fuck, umbrella. So, it's like a tree, you know? So, really, like, so much of what's gotten you to this point has been like coming up with genuine friends, like just doing shit. Dude, with it's, friends in, it's impossible like. without friends, dude. It's really impossible. Like, my friends are my family, you know? That's like, it's as simple as that. I mean, dude, I like that rings so true to me, but it's just cool to hear. Like, I didn't realize in your story that that was so real. Oh yeah. And any of those people, like if they ever hit me up and needed anything, it was like, I got you. Like yeah. no questions asked. Yeah. Like, yo, can I borrow your car for a shoot? Like, take it. Like, yeah. can you come shoot this thing for me last minute? I got you. You know, like you never know. You know, the thing on that too is like, that to me, I think is so cool because I think that like to chase something creative, you need community. And that's like, I have such a strong purpose in that, right? Like I, in this podcast, I really try to like lean on that and remind people to look out for each other oh, you because like, this is such an against all odds thing. Any creative career is like a, you're going against the grain. You're, you're doing something that is not impossible, but improbable. Right, right. And you need to look out for each other. Yeah. And like, I can't speak on, I mean, like, filmmaking music videos like this has all been a thing forever mm -hmm. you know it's not like it became a thing once we entered the world like it 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 was a functioning machine before we found it you know so i can't speak on like whatever but like we, you mentioned earlier about like 
the moment now, like where you are now. And like when people ask me for advice, it's like, yo, like now, like TikTok is a thing. I don't even know how to use TikTok. Like right. I can't give you advice on that. Right. And like Facebook pages aren't a thing anymore. Right. So I can't give you advice. Yeah. On if that. you were to be like, yeah, just post all your stuff on Facebook pages, yeah. they'd be like, that's not going like, to work. You can't, you can't really do what I did because it's a different time now. Yeah. Whereas like a, a massive music video DP in the early 90s, it was a totally different world. You know what I mean? Right. So like, I, I like totally lost my train of thought of where I was going with this. I'll tell you a thing that reminded me, maybe it'll come back to you. Yeah. But I like I recently had uh, Alex from Mayday Parade on Sick. that band and he was saying something so similar where they blew up because they followed Warp Tour and sold CDs. Like they just were the band that sold the most CDs. And like, Crazy. you can't give that advice now. But he was saying, he's like, I don't want to fake it. And like, I don't want to try TikTok. Like, that's not me. He's yeah, like, that's yeah. not. And I was like, well, you don't need to. Like, you already did your thing, but it's that. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, it's you, like, you don't need to know TikTok because you figured out Facebook pages at the right time. I'm sure it might help. You know, like, I'm sure, sure making a TikTok and making a few cool videos, this guy who's on TikTok might see it and maybe something will come from that. But it's like, you kind of got to go with what you know. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, I think about that so often. And it's like, it's so hard to give advice to that because you, the way to stand out or the way to do that thing, it's like, it has to be different, but it has to just be something that you care about. Oh, for sure. But all the people, like, it's such an insanely common theme in this podcast of people that have had success just tried some shit that they believed in. Like, it wasn't the tried and proven path. It was just like, oh, I really liked this. So I, I fucked around and did this. Or like, yeah, I kind of broke the rules here and did this differently than what they told me. But then that blew up. Like, yeah, that I think lasts forever. Oh, but for to sure. speak on a specific platform and to say this is the best practice, like it's always going to evolve. It's always by the time somebody's had success with it, you're going to have to find something else. Yeah. Yeah. And like if you're doing it to get the views, you're going to just disappoint yourself when you don't get the views. Like mm -hmm. if you do it to just create it and when it's finished. You're hyped that it's finished. Like you've achieved what you set out to achieve. Yeah. And it's done. You can post it. If it gets some love, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Move on to like the next idea. You know, mm -hmm. a big thing, like we're very lucky that we live in LA because, like, let's say, like this morning, we yeah. went to Period Correct. Yeah. And while we were there, like, I saw Jack was talking to, like, I'm not going to drop names, but he was like talking to people I know who are like big people. And I was like, something might come from that. Yeah. Just because he chose to come here this morning and like start a conversation. And like, right. um, like if I had shot cars the way I did when I was younger, but never went to like first class fitment or H2O or these like meets, a lot of things that happened may not have happened. So like you need to like go out there and show face and like say hello and like network with people who have the same interests as you because those are the people who are gonna give you the resources to like create what you wanna create. Like if I wanna yeah. do a dope video with a dope Ferrari, like I'm not gonna go buy a Ferrari. Right. I'm gonna go to car meets and when I see the right one, I'm gonna be like, yo, your car is the exact car that like I have this vision for, are you down? Right, wow. You know, you have to like physically go to these things. So like we're lucky we're in LA, but I think somebody who might be in like Bumblefuck, Kentucky yeah. might think that like it's, a bad thing that I'm in such a smaller market, but it's actually a good thing because those events are probably few and far between. And if you actually make the effort to go to them, yeah, you will 
like build a, a much more close knit network. Yeah. You know, dude, so real. So like going to things and being like, even though it's like an internet world, like being physically somewhere does so much. Yes. To help you achieve like the goals you want to get to. And another know? thing that I find encouraging, one of my favorite examples of this, and I, I think you know him, but the artist Big Baby Scumbag. Dude, love Big Baby. Okay. Every time I see him at Rolling Loud, you know, it's always love, dude. Dude. Okay. So like for him, he's in Tampa, Florida. That's yeah. not like this networking mecca, but I respect him so much for just owning that. Like every video he puts out is unique from everyone else because he leans into what he has. Yeah, and and I think interest. that's fucking sick. Like he's a rapper who fucks with NASCAR. Right. I don't know anyone else who like genuinely loves NASCAR. Right. You know? Yeah. So like that alone. He's a like, great guy. I love that like you're kind of speaking to like finding those things naturally. And I think anyone can do that anywhere, right? And, and like Big Baby's situation, it's like he could have been like NASCAR and rap. That doesn't blend. Like, I'm not going to like flex that. That's weird. Yeah. But like it's given him this like very niche, like dedicated fan base who are like, that's fucking cool. Fucking He's like cool. doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like me and Seb have forever seen, we, we, we like predicted that the whole like drift stance, like tuner culture and the rap culture would merge one day. Dude. And now it's like intertwined like crazy. You guys were like so early on that. And like we never gave up on that or never were like, no, nah, that's not going to. We were like, dude, it's going to happen. And like it's like a ticking time bomb. And like it's blown up. Now it's like we have rappers come on set and be like, damn, bro, is this a drift car? Like this is so sick. Like they're not just dope, like super hyped on like Raris and Forgiatos. Now they're like, right. they'll see a 240 on like some work wheels and they're like, this is sick. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's really cool to me. Yeah, it's, I don't. I don't think that's like appropriation. I think that's appreciation. You know, and it's like super sick to see it happening. Yeah, yeah, that's such a rad mindset too. And I feel like because of that, now you two are responsible for some of the best videos incorporating the right picture cars and all that. That's that's like ninety five percent Sebastian. I mean, okay, like he got fair. the Cressida and all those cool cars in the Travis Scott video and. You know, that, wait, I've, that was all him. That was all Seb. Stop. In the franchise video with Young Thug, <laughs> Seb got all the cars in that video. Actually, yeah, that was, him. <laughs> that was like a huge moment, dude. I remember when that happened, and I was just like, dude, like what you just did for the culture is kind of crazy. It's fucking you nuts. Know? Yeah, dude, that's cool. That's another thing that I think about in like a really encouraging way is like, again, like we have not made it. Like this is just a chapter of the journey, the ever evolving journey. I think once you but, make it, you don't work as hard. Absolutely. Once you make it. Absolutely. You know, and like, it's, I, I think like, um, shit, what's the name of the actor from Interstellar? The main guy. Oh, my fucking God. Uh, uh, God damn it. McC <laughs> Matthew McConaughey? Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. He, he had a speech once where he was like, my idol is like me in 20 years or something. Where he's just like, basically what he was saying was that like, you should not set your goals to something like realistic because like when you get there it's like the end if you actually if you set an unrealistic goal and you actually set close set like get close to it before you get to it you should change that goal to something even more unrealistic so that you're always working towards something yeah so i think when people get to where they want to be they're just like i'm done like i made it right and then you can now. get into like a weird depression even and yeah. you're just like what now there's not a game to play that's the downside to this whole world is like the the imposter syndrome and the uh, like feeling that you're not doing enough or you're not 
moving as fast as your colleagues like so that can get really heavy yeah. but that's when it's important to just like realize like it's all just a fucking i don't want to say it's all a game but it's all like it's just life you know what i mean like yeah. if you're having fun then who cares if you're not like where you want to be right away like you'll get there eventually you yeah know? it's not over and that's why i find it so fun to do a podcast just in the moment because it's just like oh this is just like that one chapter yeah. but perfect segue so currently to, to kind of bring it up to speed like that kind of paints the picture of like where you got to about now right like more and more videos more and more cool opportunities things like that but like current day mike like here you are now era last good film lab still doing your thing making videos mm -hmm. progressing there but like as you look at it right now like what are your like holy shit goals like what inspires you right now like what gets you excited whenever a brand or a client or somebody says like i want mike to shoot this because i like his work that really like reminds me that like I should be doing this, you know? I got hit up for a job. Um, it'll probably come out before this podcast, but I got hit up for a job with 88 Rising and Toyota. No fucking way. And they were like, we want you to direct this. And I'm No like, fucking way. And I'm like, I'm not a director. Like, I'm a DP. I don't direct. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, we want you to direct this. This is perfect for you. And I was like, dude, like, I don't, like, what? You know what I mean? Like, that was like a big, I'm doing the right thing right now situation. Like they forced you to do it. You're they were like, just I like, shouldn't do this. And like, no, so no, no, like no. usually when a, when like somebody wants something, they'll they'll um send it out to multiple directors. Yeah, and they'll have multiple people write on it. Yeah, and they'll pick their favorite. Mm -hmm. They were like, we're gonna single bid this to you. No we're not shit. gonna ask anyone else to write on it because we know this is perfect for you. So you should just do it. I'm like not good at talking to people. Mm. I'm very behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so I I uh, asked my friend Eric Rojas to co-direct it with me. Oh, sick. So I was like, yo, Eric, like I will be the technical director. We'll both be the creative directors in pre-production and post-production. But then on set, you will be like the director. Yeah. Like you're going to tell the talent what to do and you're going to tell the extras what to do. And I'm going to make sure the camera looks good and like all yeah. of that. But the project's looking amazing and like, I think a goal for me is to have a body of work that like is unique to me. So when people hire me, they don't hire me because the other guy was unavailable. They hire me because they want me to shoot it because they like my work. You know what I mean? Like I want my work to speak for myself. And if that means getting less jobs, that's fine. But if it means getting bigger jobs, yeah, then that's what I want. Like I'd rather... Like I said earlier about putting 100% into something, I'd rather do one job a week that gets seven days of 100% on it than doing seven jobs a week and each one is like not 100% because I have to like also worry about the next one and the next one. You know what I mean? Like one might equal more money, but it won't be my best work. I, dude. So like right now I just want to make my best work and I want to like fuck that's cool I will, I will crumble in the process if i have to but i want like projects where i'm like i fuck with this so much that i will like live breathe and eat it until it's finished uh, like, that's i respect that so much. that's what matters to me right now okay then so compliment and question instantly to that compliment at from the outside looking in i do feel that everything that mike Koziel does has a look and a feel and is you Fire. so that's fucking dope <laughs> appreciate that. i would say that in this like I, you already are there to a degree i'm sure that you're always going to be evolving that so into the question with that stated how do you as a creator find inspiration 
Like, where does that come from? Where do you continuously push and evolve and like look to be inspired to make your own thing? Um, I have like specific idols and creators who I greatly respect. And I like, um, I'm a huge fan of Euphoria. Uh, like Marcel Rev, the DP is incredible, an incredible artist and like a painter with light. And like every time a new episode comes out, I just like get sucked into his like ability to film with uh like film and yeah. like the lighting and the way he chooses camera movement like that stuff gets me so anxious to go create and like just seeing work that i resonate with and like the opposite of that though has been like living life you know like going rock climbing like going driving like being alone at night on the highway yeah. like shit like that gets the gears going like I can sit in front of a computer and be like, you have to do this right now. Yeah. And like get a coffee and like force it. But like, you can't do that all the time. Right. You know, like I see a lot of like, there's a whole lot, there's a lot more like mental health awareness nowadays. And like, there's a lot of, I see a lot of like motivational posts on IG where it's like creatives need to take breaks. Like you can't, like the grind set isn't a flex anymore. Dude. It's like, I feel bad for people who are like stuck in the grind set. Yes. Cause like, yo, you're like not like, I think the best filmmakers and storytellers gain experience through living life, you know? Wow. So like, if you're not living life in addition to creating, then like your work is sort of artificial and like forced. It'll fall into a template, right? It'll fall into like a, you at one point innovated and did something and now you have carved out a pattern and you have no longer innovated that because you haven't taken the time to evolve that. Yeah. You come into a grind set and now you have made a copy paste template. Yeah. And like, I need to do this because I need the money or like I need to do this because like I need the clout or like yeah. all of that. And it's like, yo, I'm going to actually turn that job down because like I want to go snowboarding tomorrow because that's going to like do a lot for me, like feeling good about like not stressing about certain shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like weirdly enough, like it doesn't make sense on paper, but like living life has made working hard a lot easier because there's like a reward like yeah this big toyota job that me and eric did like we spent four days locked in a room together not at like the whole time but like locking ourselves in getting the creative down making the shot list making the budget work scouting locations hiring the crew now we're doing vfx we're like you know on all these conference calls with the client and all that and the moment it's done and released like, I don't think we should just hop right onto another big one. Like, we should take a day off and go snowboarding or like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. reward ourselves with a job well done. Kind of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, decompress. Yeah. And then dive back into it. Yeah. And I think that rotation is how you make your best work because you like live life in between the grind. And some people might like get high off of the grind set. So like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you it's wrong. Yeah. I just don't really agree with that way of working anymore. But I personally, I really love what you say and I resonate with that. And like, I think the micro version of that is like great shower thoughts, right? Like yeah. sometimes you have the best ideas when you finally are just like taking a second, like fucking just in oh, the shower dude, and you're the shower thinking, is like such a Zen moment. Right. For but me. the taking a break is the bigger version yeah. of that, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you need that day or week or yeah. whatever like don't don't guilt trip yourself if you want to like play halo for a few hours yeah you know like yeah don't do it for three days straight and miss your deadline but like you've been locked in for eight hours and you want to spend an hour or two just like chilling out like do it you yeah. know or like i just everything you're saying there is so cool because i love taking myself out of my like current surroundings 
and just seeing other people exist or do whatever they're doing, like you can find inspiration in the craziest things if you're just chilling, for not real. looking for it. For real, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Damn, that's cool that you're so aware of that. That's that's I'm trying really, to be more aware. Yeah. It's yeah. Trying. Yeah. You know, it's all a work in progress. Like right. life is a work in progress, you know, like something might change tomorrow and we gotta like figure it out. That was a little broad, but like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I do. I feel you. I think you did say that very well. And I, I'm just curious of that because again, the last thing that I want to do is frame this as a like, cool, like you made it. Congrats. Give your speech. But more just like in this moment, like, what are you looking at and all that? And I think you just said that really, really well. Yeah. Trying to live life more and, and make my best work. Yeah. I don't really know what else I could ask for. other than like good health. Like my family stays healthy. Like, I don't know what else. My friends stay striving. Yeah. I don't know what else I could ask for. Yeah. You know, you're in the right pocket when you can appreciate all the things around you, but they don't matter. Like, mm. I'll explain that a little bit more, but like you're so, it, to me, it's the people and the work. And then like all the other stuff, like the money or the material things or the things that go along with that are the afterthought. Like yeah. when you're so in the pocket, when like you wake up and you're like, I get to go do this stressful day with all my friends. And like, you know, like we get to make this thing. Yeah. There's like a really like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not bittersweet, but it's crazy because like I'm beyond grateful for that. Mm -hmm. But I do still like stress on my way to work. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, all my friends are going to be there. Everything's going to go great. Like, but something still feels like it's the first day all over again. Like I'm still stressing about something I don't mm -hmm. need to be. And maybe I'm just like an anxious handy. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, we are super grateful to be walking in, not having to wear a suit. Like I can go to work wearing the, the, yeah. a t-shirt and a fucking fitted and like, you know, dap up the director and make some beautiful work and like kind of like fool around a little bit. Like we're very grateful for that. Yeah. But also still like stress, like this does have to look good in the end and the client does have to get what they paid for and yeah you know. well like to me though that like it's exactly that like whenever i am the most stressed or like when i'm thinking about it it's like i always come back to this thing of good problems like i'm always like that's fucking sick that this is my stress because like i've been on the side where it's like the and, corporate i need to say that to stress. myself more it's so sick. i'm lucky this is my stress <laughs> it's dope it's awesome no like, you're right there's there's people out there that are like stressing about real stresses and like i guess us worrying about what we worry about in the grand scheme of things isn't that big of a deal. I mean, it is our like career and livelihood, but like if right. one job has a fuck up, like you're still going to get another one. Yeah. Like you I know? just, you've built a life now where like all the projects and all the things, it's like, my God, do you have to come with your A game and deliver like Absolutely. more and more? Like you're Absolutely. doing these huge projects. Yeah. And like you want every job to be the best looking job because that's how you get the next one. That's yeah. how you get the bigger one. But that's you also know. sick that that's your stress and you've built this life where you get to that is the problems and you're doing those things and accomplishing those things and figuring them out with your friends. It is really cool. I Something I tell myself a lot, I'd be like, yo, if like ninth grade Mike could like see this now, he'd be like, he wouldn't believe it. Right. You know, so like, like I think about that a lot. Dude, like what if what if you were having to figure out the the brick and mortar problems of owning and running a store that you didn't give a shit about? right i wouldn't what if, do it i wouldn't i'd walk away right you know but like that that's such a you know certain people can get stuck in that and they can accept that for what it is but everything every problem every stress that you've set up is because it's the it's the after effect of creation that you have made yeah and an idea that you've had no for sure 
I get DMs of people that are like, hey man, like I'm thinking about quitting my day job to pursue photography. What do you say? How the fuck do you answer that? I, I mean, I'm usually like, do you like what you're doing? And it's like, no. It's like, are you happy? No. Then like, don't do it anymore. You know? Like obviously everybody is in their own situation with specifics. Like your finances are specific to you. Like you might have like a health problem that like requires care that is expensive and your business like pays for it so like i get that you mm -hmm. know like everyone's story is unique but like i have a friend who like worked in a cubicle his whole life and he's like dude i watch your story and you guys are like having fun i like hate my job and we were like if you move to la we will get you work and now he's like a full-time camera assistant he's making better pay than he was in a cubicle and he's loving his life and it's like he got out he got, he, he, we, we joked that he like made it out of the matrix, you Shit. know? And like, granted he like got lucky because he had us friends who were like already in it. We were able to like recommend him for jobs and shit. But like, that's why I said earlier, you don't need to go to film school. Cause like, if you really want to do this, just like move to LA or New York or Atlanta and like be a good person, voice your interests, yeah. like offer, like, I hate saying this to people, especially like people who are older but like offer to do shit for free yeah and if you do a good job and you're like a nice person to be around like people will want you around like nobody yeah. wants to be stuck with an asshole all day yeah and if you're like if i'm stuck with an asshole over here and then i turn around and you're over here being like hey man like you're doing a great job thanks for having me here like that's that that will make someone happy you know yeah. so if you're a good person like you will it'll work out you know i think about I mean? that quite often too of like if you have the right attitude and you are fun to be around like if some certain people will be like i'm not qualified i could never do it but it's like you can teach these things like if you have if you're cool and you're pleasurable to be around and mm -hmm. don't suck the technical stuff can be taught yeah I, but like, I would always rather hire somebody who is not the best at their job mm -hmm. but very fun and enjoyable to be around yeah. than somebody who's perfect at their job but is like a nightmare to be around right Especially if that person is open-minded to learning. Oh yeah. If they if they understand, they're like, hey, I might not be like the most technically perfect, but like I um I did a travel job where I hired an assistant who was really good at what he did, but he was like a really bad vibe. Mm. And he caused some issues because he had an attitude. And we were on an international jobs, so we were all stuck together. And then when we got back to LA, the director and the producer were like, yo, man, like you're good. We're gonna hire you again. But like don't ever bring that guy on any of our shoots again. He really killed the vibe. And then the director, same thing like I just said, he was like, I would have rather had somebody who wasn't as good at their job, but was like enjoyable to be with. Yeah. And like that person ruined their impression in the eyes of these people who hire me and then I hired them. Yeah. So now he won't get work through me anymore. Yeah. Because he had a bad attitude. Yeah. That's so real. That's yeah. such a thing. That's good advice too. That's really good advice. Yeah, like I, I tend to have like a resting bitch face and I'm working on it and like people will think I'm angry but when they talk to me, they realize I'm not angry. But if like <laughs> there's a conversation happening over here and I'm over there, they might be like, I'm not gonna go talk to Mike right now. He looks like he's like pissed. That's funny and you're but just I'm not actually there just like pissed. thinking about something you're fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. like thinking about like, how is his light gonna fit in that corner or whatever. Yeah. But like, like that's something I can't help mm -hmm. but like you can help being a nice person. Yeah. Like actually like, yeah. not talking down on people or like having an ego yeah so exactly like, like release the ego and like realize we're all on the same ride you know and i think that like just that as advice too to anybody that doesn't feel or like they're not quite there they're thinking about getting into an industry like they're just like don't don't suck 
and like don't worry that you're not perfect like technically qualified nope, or whatever perfect. don't worry if you don't have the right gear don't worry about this or that like if you're genuinely passionate and you're a good hang and you're open-minded like you're yeah. fucking good it'll work out yeah 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 that's cool Pe- people like um what do you call it like resonate with like good vibes mm-hmm. and if you bring the good vibes people want you around yeah and if you're around you will get more work you know like it all ties into each other yeah it's so simple but it's yeah i don't know okay so then to conclude this <laughs> is one is there anything crucial in your story that i missed i know it's kind of a lot to like cover the whole thing but i mean dude i don't know it's still being written so. right <laughs> yeah no I, I feel like that like painted it pretty well but then something that i like to go back to and we've kind of touched on this but it's a fun way to end is like if you could go back to any version of yourself at any point in your life what version do you go back to and what advice do you give yourself to then good or bad dude wow so many moments really good and bad well good or bad right like you could go back to a good or bad time of that that version of yourself yeah like i um i don't know when life got like significantly more stressful you know like just just part of being an adult like taxes and all that bullshit but like if i could go back to i don't even know how old i was maybe like early 20s maybe like 19 20 21 and just be like yo dude like enjoy this period of time as much as possible like do not stress now Mm. because it's only going to get more stressful so like totally enjoy it like don't stress you know what i mean um i think i would also maybe go back to my time in college and be like hey dude like i know you love camera movement and like the camera side of things but maybe focus a little more on lighting whoa that's something i would probably tell Ooh, myself when i, I like that it's like a technical advice yeah because a lot of people think cinematography is just camera yeah but i think it's more so lighting i think lighting is like the most important thing in our job whoa and in college i didn't really wrap my head around that and i think in college i was the most like any information i took in i saved it a lot better than i do now so I think when I was like able to like really ingest stuff and like save it in like a memory bank that was like hard locked. Yeah. I would have been like, yo, right now, just learn a lot about lighting. Holy shit. Because if you know how to light a scene well, all you got to do is like move the camera. It's not that simple, but like. Right. It can be that simple in certain situations. Wow. Ooh, I like the technical advice yeah, there so too. That, That's cool. Yeah. It'd be like the technical side and also just like, yo, don't stress, like enjoy life more. That's fucking sick. Like go, go make that mistake. Go make that bad decision. Like if you didn't die, it's all good. Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah. You know? That's cool. I, I really appreciate you taking the time because again- oh, for like, sure, dude. Thanks for having me. Just cool to hear about your life in the moment and hear more about the yeah. person because- Again, from the outside, I see you as somebody that I really respect and you do have a, a very defined feeling of what you create. And I appreciate that. That's a big stress of mine that I don't. So to really? Hear, so to hear that, I mean, like you're your own worst critic, you know? So like I, I am my own worst critic. Oh my God, so no. Like, to hear that means a lot because I think the complete opposite. No, I like I am an honor to have Mike Koziel on this because it's like that is somebody with a defined style that I want to hear more about. Like I want to hear how you are you. And I see you as your own creative. So that's appreciate that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's truly an honor to have you on. Thank, Thank you. you. I hope we didn't go on too many segues. And... No, I like it. I like <laughs> to like I like to like kind of like weave in and out of a structure, right? It's like yeah. we're hearing your story, but then it's like, wait a minute, no, let's talk about that. Yeah, it's like a segue will end on a dead end and be like, all right, well, let's go back. Real quick. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a story. Keep going with that. Then we're <laughs> I was going good. somewhere with this, but anyway, like I feel like that happened a couple of times, so I apologize. But no, dude, I I, I actually kind of just riffing. There's no script. We're just like riffing, dude. Straight <laughs> up, just off the top, like it, it was purely a just like let's see what happens let's turn on some mics but i i typically tend to like episodes like this more where it isn't just the formulaic story of this 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 and i being real i love having guests on that are like very very like done a ton of podcasts but part of me does get bummed when somebody is so good at telling their story that there isn't any of the moments for the just like wait a minute tell me about that or like just like the riffing so I like the the structure of this a lot more personally. No, no, this was fun. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you asked a couple of questions that had me like, damn, <laughs> I don't even know, dude. I don't think about that enough, you know? Yeah. Like, well, good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. The Mike Koziel podcast episode. I hope you liked that one. If you did and you're here at the end and you don't mind, do me the massive favor of sharing it either on social media or just texting the link to a friend. Word of mouth is the biggest way that this podcast grows. And I will forever remind you of that because I appreciate you spreading that word. Outside of that, make sure you check him out on all of his platforms. His Instagram is mkoziel. I'll link everything era studios last good film lab if you're in la and you shoot film go check that out because it's sick i don't know i think that says it all thank you for listening let me know other people you want to hear from all that good stuff i'll be back next week with another episode 